are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. And tonight we're going to be talking about some wide receivers to build around and some veterans that you should trade for right now. So join today, a little bit of a different look if you're watching on YouTube, but you wouldn't see this part. If you're listening on you, whatever, uh, it's a different look tonight. You got me, your host, Michael Bauer. I'm joined like always, by Chevin Nooney, Nate Christian. And here's where it gets a little different. We got the Bobcat in the house. Hi, Bob. Hi. I'm excited to be here, boys, filling in I for could, pork. I could tell you were thrilled. So um, <laughs> a good friend, Philip, had a lot of water that had to be delivered today. Mm-hmm. So he is, um, as he described to me, dead tired, bro. So um, <laughs> Phil Sounds be about back. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely... That's how he does it. One one stop has a uh, hundred fifty six cases of water. Oh goodness, my God! That's we uh, calculated that if he has a hand truck and it holds up to eight cases of water at a time, that's still almost twenty trips that he'd have to take. So poor Phil is probably um, putting that reconstructed knee to the max today. So. I haven't checked in lately. I figured I'd give him some space to rest up. But the three of us are here, and let's start it off. You know, you need, depending on how you like to build a team, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, you need to know who you want to be the cornerstone of your team. And, you know, there's no better way to find the cornerstone of your team than patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind, where you could check out Nate's amazing rankings. Cause you got it. It's got a little bit of Debbie in there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. We're looking looking all around. How yeah. we're going to set up our team. That was a fantastic segue, by the way. But we are going to be talking about what are some wide receivers that we would like to build a team around. So, Nate, let's actually start it off with you. I'm a little surprised by your selection. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't feel like – now, your second one feels like an eight pick, but your first one doesn't. So I'm going to need you to please explain yourself. Yeah, so I – I'm starting to buy DK Metcalf in Dynasty Fantasy Football. So, you know, before this year, do you guys want to put me in the center? I'm just going to stop talking. Wow. There we go. So I'm actually buying DK Metcalf in Dynasty now. I think the hype is starting to die down a little bit because Russell Wilson's left. He's with the Broncos now. And Drew Locke has come into the Seattle Seahawks. And – I don't think Drew Locke is the future there, but you know, even with people expecting them to upgrade the quarterback next year, still another year of quarterback, you know, rookie quarterback or whatever it is that we're, you know, taking into account with DK Metcalf. But Metcalf just seems like there's that kind of player that doesn't matter who's going to be throwing the ball. He's going to be able to go up and get it in contested catch situations. He's a guy that's going to create yards after the catch. Tyler Lockett is, you know, I think on the other side of his career and they're going to lock down Metcalf to a big extension. I think he's going to be a guy that you can, you know, when I'm looking at guys to build my team around, of course, of course we're talking about like, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, those guys are great. You know, those are the guys you want to build your team around, but DK Metcalf, you know, you can get Metcalf, you know, in like the third round of startups. He's not a guy that's going to go super high, cost you a high pick. You know, you can get a top running back, a top quarterback, and then get DK Metcalf with your third pick and get a wide receiver that you can build your team around because he's been playing for, you know, many more years. At this point, he's still only 24 years old. So you, you can get eight to 10 more years out of this guy. He's physical. He, he's continuing to get better because I think he's still been raw through his first couple mm-hmm. of seasons. And I think he's really starting to grow into it. I think we're going to see him – you know, he might be held back by his quarterback play a little bit, but I think he's going to continue to get better at being a wide receiver. And then at that point, you know, two or three years down the road, once he gets with a good quarterback again, we might see him, you know, climb that ladder to be one of the top, top wide receivers in the NFL. He has that physical ability. 
and he was kind of missing, you know, the route running um, and just kind of playing wide receiver at the top level like we see Justin Jefferson do. And he's starting to get there, I think. So I think Metcalf is a great buy right now, a guy that you can, you know, really project down the road to do well and to continuously do well. I think without having a great quarterback, I think he'll be decent this year. I think he'll be better than people think he's going to be this year. Yeah. He kind of fits Drew Locke also. Yeah. And that sounds kind of like a guy that Drew Locke used to play with in Cortland Sutton, who Mm -hmm. seemed to be quarterback proof in the earlier part of his career. I do think Metcalf, you know, bad quarterback doesn't really matter. He's athletic enough to make some plays. I do just want to note that so you guys don't think we're stupid or gals, whoever's listening to us, we're assuming that this is a startup and receivers like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are off the board. Those were kind of, you know, what we feel are obvious answers. So we just kind of went in a different route. So I need to know that there's a couple other guys out there that you can consider building a team around. So Chev, I just want to ask you before we get to your guy, did you, did you fill this out before Nate did? Cause this feels, this feels like a Nate pick to me. No, I was actually the last one to this party. I really wanted to put Justin Jefferson down, but like you said, we already know that guy's a stud. He should have been listening two years ago when we were talking about him when I was gushing over him. So couldn't go with him, but I went with Nate's boy, a guy that just gets a hundred plus targets every single season. He's going to be short and intermediate routes. Somebody that Bob and everybody on the podcast has been saying, these are the wide receivers that we want. We want those short intermediate guys that you could just get targets and get plenty of reception. Deontay Johnson, who's 25 years old, a young buck, still has a lot of time left in his career. Somebody that I think you, somebody you can build your team around. He was a wide receiver eight last season. He's somebody that is still going to continue to grow, still continue to get better. And we've seen Mitch Trubisky produce a wide receiver one basically every season that he's been playing. He's had Allen Robinson who he is just peppered with targets, and Allen Robinson did good things with those. I think they're completely different players. There's going to be a lot of times where Deontay Johnson is way more open than than what Allen Robinson was doing, but I love Deontay Johnson. I think he's somebody that you have to get now, somebody that you can be relying on every single week, and he's not the guy that's going to be the most pricey either. Talk about DK Metcalf going in the third. I don't know where – Uh, Deontay Johnson is going but I imagine it's a little bit lower than that and if you can get that kind of value and somebody that is going to be a top wide receiver in the NFL this upcoming year I love it and who knows he he may get he may get re-signed with the Steelers and if he gets re-signed with the Steelers that means he's having another great season and there's also a predicament where he may go to a different team but there's so many good quarterbacks out there that he can go to so I think Deontay Johnson has a bright future in this NFL and I think in fantasy, he's going to continue to be a top 12 wide receiver every single season for the rest of his career, just the way he plays the game. We've seen Keenan Allen be a guy that doesn't have to win over the top every single player, or somebody that has to win jump ball-wise. He can just run great, crisp routes and be open in the middle of the field and make things happen. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson can follow pretty close in those footsteps like Keenan Allen has produced his career. Um. His ADP right now on DLF is wide receiver 14. And that puts him at a, his ADP is right around pick 30. So yeah, that's not bad. And also, you know, just going back to Jamar chase real quick. Um, he's wide receiver one currently again, going back to DLF. Um, so if I'm taking anyone from that team, I'll take the wide receiver eight T Higgins, um, kind of like a late second where's, round pick there. Where's Metcalf on there? Uh, he's wide receiver nine. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I remember um, he was wide receiver one. Those good times. Yeah, how about it, right? And then uh, that was that was a fun off season. The you you either liked DK Metcalf or you didn't, and there was really no in between yeah. at all. Was that the same off season that Miles Sanders was a late first round startup pick? <laughs> it oh, might man. have been. That was a rough rough off season. I actually don't remember if they came out in the same year. It was two thousand nineteen. Yeah, they were the same season. Was it? Okay, then yeah. That was was an interesting one then, you know, because we were all really excited about that class. Um, All right, so we shall move on. So as you know, I'm an Eagles fan. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but I do not hate C.D. Lamb. He's a guy that I wouldn't mind building a team around. So he's wide receiver four. All right, and again, you know, May's, DLS, May ADP is still their current one on there. Um, But his ADP is 16th overall. So kind of like T Higgins, you know, 
in the in the actual wide receiver room is a little bit higher, but his ADP is a little bit lower overall. You get an elite quarterback first in your startup. Um, he is paired with the top tier quarterback in a pass heavy offense. We still don't know what that running game is going to look like in Dallas. Man, I'll tell you what. Go on Twitter and just type in Ezekiel Elliott, and you are going to see two completely different ends of the spectrum. Like, yeah, again, there's no middle ground with that guy right now. It's crazy. Um, he could play everywhere and he can catch everything. I just loved watching his film when he was coming out of Oklahoma, Chev. I know mm-hmm. you're an Oklahoma fan, I know you were a huge CD Lamb fan, and man, did he wow me! Just the, the stuff that he could catch, it was so effortless. Um, love seeing him do it in the NFL not against the Eagles so much. Uh, they did lose Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson. Michael Gallup is coming off an injury, so I still think it's his time to shine. You know, hey, listen, James Washington, he's a vet. He's hes played in the NFL. We know what he could do. Jalen Tolbert's a rookie, though, um, so I don't think neither are threats to him at this time. So he really has a chance to assert himself. And I'm just – I tried to get a lot of C.D. Lamb when he came out and i just was not able to i have like a share or two Mm -hmm. to me that's not enough so he's a guy that i'm definitely looking to get in startups um and that i want to build a team around and now here to agree with me is bob banduzer what's up hi hi yeah i like cd bob for me, I'm looking at, and this is was obvious enough, uh, Phil's pick as well. I'm going with Jalen Waddle, and this guy fits the mold of what I want in my wide receivers in the NFL right now. That smaller guy gets a lot of PPR work, but the thing with him is he just has an untapped part of his game. I shouldn't say untapped, but a different part of his game, just so much speed. I mean, this guy is lethal when it comes to his speed. Right now, wide receiver 7 on keep trade cut, wide receiver 11 on June's early DLF ADP. And going behind guys like Debo, DK, and T. Higgins, who I would all prefer under uh, Jalen Waddle at this point. Um, really? A little younger than all of them. The thing is, Jalen Waddle's already proven that he's better than T. Higgins and more consistent, in my opinion. Call well, me crazy. No, I, yeah, I don't. True, but I do think T. Higgins is paired with a better quarterback situation, which could definitely help T. Higgins get some better yards and points. I think okay, it comes well, down to this was, season. Yeah, where sure, you get because... somebody that's a one next to him as well, you know. I think that would definitely we'll see. Yeah, I think I sure. love Jay Wall though, but I do too. Yeah. I'm just trying I... to be, you know, we're we're trying to have an open discussion, Bob. You like discussions like that. I know. You I, do. I, know I do. I know I do. By the way, I do want to I... say that one of my favorite parts about working with Bob is my Wednesday morning critique that I get from Bob <laughs> <laughs> every Wednesday morning. It is fantastic. So Bob, it's don't worry. Best. I will have a sound drop for you next week. I'll find some good appreciate Bobcat it. noises, but go on. I appreciate it. So just looking at Jalen Waddle versus T Higgins, cause I think it's a great discussion. Mm-hmm. T Higgins right now, wide receiver five or six on keep trade cut, which I just think we're doing the same thing with him that we've done with Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore, where he hasn't mm-hmm. shown that he has done anything to deserve that level of praise yet outside of and the thing with him is he's the wide receiver two on his own team those guys are at least the wide receiver ones on their team as of right now so Jalen Waddle, I know a big thing for him or a big knock with him will be Tyreek Hill coming to town not too concerned about that they're different players the one coverage is still more than likely going to shift to Tyreek Hill currently valued around an early mid early to mid 23 first round pick on keep trade cut I think that's pretty fair for him, honestly. I think you're getting an absolute stud. Um, just looking at one recent DLF trade, and then I'll throw in a bonus one. Recent DLF trade, Jalen Waddell for Josh Jacobs, the 206 in a 23 second. I think it's a little rich, but I think it's the kind of move you could expect to make for Jalen Waddell. Mm-hmm. And then just another fun little one that I thought was insane to me. Jalen Waddell and Javante Williams for Brees Hall. Oh what are we doing? That's wild, man. <laughs> Talk about some recency can't. bias, man. Like, I just can't. I know what you love the rookies. Guys, come on. Also, somebody's uh, going to have to take that guy's team in a, in a year or two. Sounds like. Yeah, probably. Bob, I just brought up the. And by the way, I'm incorrect. It is June's ADP now. Bob, sorry, I was wrong about that. Um, Jalen Waddle's one spot ahead of Tyreek Hill. Yeah. As well, which is just crazy to me. I like it. I mean, five year age difference. I disagree. We'll do yeah. that. Interesting. Devontae Adams still at wide receiver six. Would you rather have Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill? 
Adams. Same. Yeah, I think yeah, Adams, Adams is going to have sure. a really good year this year. Yeah. Okay. I'll have a good year. I do too. Um, Nate, you have one more for us. I do. It's a you know very surprising pick, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, Rashad Bateman playing for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about this guy before, but he's pretty good. Um, you know, I think Chev and I have connected on the fact that Rashad Bateman could e- could he could be the next slant boy. You know, this is a guy that creates separation at the line of scrimmage. But he also has size, you know, six foot, 190 pounds. He's got good size to him. Great route runner. One of the best route runners um, in, in the league at that like that age. He's one of the better ones um, coming out. He was really incredible. Uh, great production his entire college career. Had some injuries, so he got on the field a little late last season. But once he got on the field, Lamar Jackson peppered him with targets. Even with Hollywood Brown there and Mark Andrews. Now Hollywood is out in Arizona, so it's just the Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman show for Lamar Jackson. And uh, that sounds like 100-something targets to me for Rashad Bateman, and I think he's going to be very efficient with those. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to average you know, 16 yards per catch, but I think he's, you know, he's going to average 12, 13. He's going to be a chain mover, and I think he's going to be really good for you in PPR leagues. He's going to be a guy that's going to score some touchdowns in the red zone using his length. He's got long arms, um, 33-inch arms, which puts him in the 82nd percentile for wide receivers. So a six-foot, 33-inch arms, that's pretty good. Um, this is a guy, remember, he ran a 4-4. He's not a slow, uh, you know, physical guy. He's a fast physical guy. So, you know, at his age, 22 years old, he's going to have a breakout season this year, and we're going to be looking at him as, you know, just around probably that like wide receiver 12 mark. I think he thinks he's going to be a fringe wide receiver one in dynasty next off season. So this is a guy you can get right now. Um, a bit cheaper than that. I believe he's going wide receiver 22. So I know he's like a fringe wide receiver two at the moment for dynasty. And I think, you know, you may have missed your buy now window for Rashad Bateman. Now you can be paying the price uh, as people are starting to catch on that. He is the main target for the passing game at the wide receiver position for the team. But if you still have a chance, now is the time to take it because he's going to have a great 2022. I think there's a little bit of time left, just a nibble left. I think you better hurry up and go do it if you want him. Yeah, yeah, maybe till preseason. But I have a quick question. I am at the point where I think Rashad Bateman will have a better season than A.J. Brown in fantasy. How crazy am I to say that right now? You're not crazy. Welcome, Bob. Yeah, that's Better quarterback. Less competition. competition wide receiver room. Yeah. It's yep. not and, crazy I, and I mean, to think that the only reason I think it may be crazy is because AJ Brown is still what a top 10 dynasty wide receiver in terms of ADP. And then Bateman's in the twenties. I'm going to say probably yeah. top five, honestly, I would, <laughs> I would make the move AJ Brown to Rashad Bateman plus whatever oh, yeah. ridiculous assets I could get. You might be able to, I don't know. You might be able to move Bateman. Might be able to move Brown for Bateman in a 23 first. If you could do that, my goal. Yeah. that would be the ultimate trade. Yeah. Yep. That would goal. be fire. fire. So let's move on to our next segment. So we're going to be talking about some buy now veteran wide receivers. This is a shame where, you know, Pork's not on tonight because all the guys that he likes are yeah. usually a little bit older. So this would have been the Van Jefferson and Velas Jones hour, but instead <laughs> you had us coming up with some vets that we want to acquire. So Nate, we're actually going to start it off with you again. And who do you have for us? What's a wide receiver age 28 and over. And by the way, can we stop talking about these guys? Like they're so old. Okay. They can still function as human beings. It's <laughs> 37 year old guys. That's what you say when you're over 28, you know, I'm still an under 28. So I'm like, these guys are, are old. Really? I thought, Oh, wow. Crap. Okay. Well, anyway, what um, what aging vet wide receiver would you like to buy? Yeah. Um, you know, this is one of Chev's guys, I think. Uh, this is somebody that I was saying last year to go out and buy low, and I got roasted on Twitter. Allen Robinson. Do you guys remember midseason last year where, like, you could get, like, Allen Robinson for, like, a early third, late second, and people would still be like, why are you buying Allen Robinson? You might as well – Take your chance on a 2022 rookie. 
because that class is so good at the end of the second round. It's not. Told you that. So I have Allen Robinson shares because he was available for a late second. Easy money. And look, free agent goes to a place where he's wanted. He wasn't wanted in Chicago. That was very clear. Place he's going to get targets from a good quarterback. Matthew Stafford. Wow. You're behind Cooper Cup, but Matthew Stafford's still going to give you plenty of targets and you're still going to get plenty of opportunities. Allen Robinson is going to do really well with the Rams, I think. I think this is a guy that, you know, this year could have a wide receiver two uh, season. I think that's his upside. Um, even, you know, being the second fiddle to Cooper Cup. Robinson is his own kind of player, a different player than Cooper Cup. And I think the Rams are going to throw the ball enough because that running back room, they have some talent in there, but it's a lot of question marks. Mm -hmm. And I think they're still going to be leaning on Matthew Stafford to win those games. So when I'm looking at where those passing yards and touchdowns are going to go at wide receiver 39 and ADP on DLF, that is a deal. If you're looking for a, a contending team for a wide receiver, I mean, you can go get Allen Robinson still probably for a second round pick. This guy is underrated and he is going to produce, you know, he, you might not get five years out of Allen Robinson. You might only get two, two or three years. You know, he might only be 28 years old, but he'll be 29 by, you know, midway through the season. And I think his play style probably doesn't lean to, you know, playing to 33, 34. Mm -hmm. So you might only get two, two more years out of this guy. But if those two years are with the Rams, I think you're going to be pretty happy with it. So if you're looking for a contending team and you're looking for a wide receiver to add to your you know, arsenal, Allen Robinson makes a lot of sense this year. I'm yep. looking at some trades on DLF. I'm not going to read through these. What are you people doing? <laughs> Just what are you doing? Somebody traded Allen Robinson for Tyreek Hill straight up. <sighs> Like I said, somebody's going to be taking over that team very shortly, folks. <laughs> Allen Robinson, though, man, I feel like he is in the best position of his careers so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. At a fancy point, playing in Jacksonville, that was great because they were always throwing jump balls at the end of the games. But when you get a quarterback like Matthew Stafford and you're put in an offense that is so well-schemed, he's going to thrive in that offense. And he's not the main guy anymore. He doesn't have to be the main guy either. Like you said, Nate, the running game I think is a little sus at the moment. I don't think it's going to be as good as a lot of people think it's going to be. And I think they just paid Matthew Stafford a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to rely on old Cam Akers to win them games. I just don't see it. It's like Patrick Mahomes. Like, they're not going to give the ball to freaking CEH every dang play. They want the guy that they just paid half a million or half a billion to to make plays. So, I, I love it. Alan Robinson, man, I I'll probably never quit that guy, sadly. <laughs> Sadly. And for those of you that are over 35, sus means suspect. I uh, <laughs> had to look that up on the internet the other day. So you're welcome for that. And Nate, thank you for that. And let's move on. Chev, who is your aging, aging veteran wide receiver? Since I can't say it, maybe you can say it a little bit better than I, but who do you have for us? Yeah, my aging wide receiver is going to be Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is a guy who you can probably get, I, I want to say, for like a third-round pick right now. Maybe a second will, will be had to get him. But you're looking at getting a guy that is in an offense that he's been in for the last four or five years. He's going to have plenty of opportunity with Justin Jefferson next to him, which isn't going to be the coverage all on him. He's a guy that just knows how to score touchdowns as well. And in that offense, Kirk Cousins sometimes – can get locked on on a wide receiver, I feel like, especially Adam Thielen, who is somebody that he trusts, somebody that he knows is going to go up and get the football, and he's not going to let him down most of the time. So Adam Thielen is a guy, he's 31 years old. You're getting one or two years maybe best out of him. But if you're a contending team, it's a good insurance policy to get Adam Thielen just in case one of your main guys goes down and you need to throw in somebody to score a touchdown that week if you're, maybe you're losing in a week. He's definitely viable to get 75 catches, 850 yards, and like eight touchdowns. I can definitely see that in that offense this upcoming season for him. It's nothing that he hasn't done, and it's something that I think with all the pieces around him, they have a good running game, they have other good wide receivers around him. I think he's somewhat going to get lost in that offense in defenses, and I think that's going to give him huge opportunities in the red zone. 
It's going to give him huge opportunities middle of the field. It's going to give him huge opportunities on third down, in my opinion. He's going to be getting plenty of first downs, I feel like, in that offense. Adam Thielen is a guy that I think you can get super cheap, and he's going to be worth it at the end of the season for you. couple trades here that just show exactly what Jeff's talking about. Adam Thielen straight up for the 302. I'll yeah. take Thielen for that. Um, sorry, I'm losing it here. This one is not too bad. Adam Thielen for the 303 this year and a 23 third. And you have a year to get that pick back. Here's one I like as well. Last one, Adam Thielen for Jarrett Patterson and a 23 second. Could see Jarrett Patterson getting some action there. Oh boy, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> I'll just take the second. I just wanna... <laughs> yeah, it's like a I hate when people force players on you. Like when you're trading with somebody, they insist on a couple dollars fab. It's like, what are you doing, dude? It's the worst. Um, <laughs> actually, um, at the end of the show, I have a trade that I want to talk about that I was offered and I accepted it. Um, but we'll get to that then. So until then, Chef, thank you. And Bob, like how Bob switches himself over right away. That's amazing. Bob, I your- missed it one time. <laughs> you will never hear about or hear the end of it again. Who is your aging wide receiver that you are buying now? Now, the interesting thing with him is you're not going to be able to use him for the first six weeks of the year. But if he's not on your team, you weren't going to use him anyway. So I'm looking at DeAndre Hopkins purely based on the value of the projection projected output that I think you'll get on the back end of the season from him. Currently wide receiver 47 on keep trade cut DLF ADP at wide receiver 48, you know, pretty decent value for a guy who I still think has, you know, he's obviously not going to finish as a wide receiver two or one this year, probably just because he's going to be six games behind. But a guy who points per game wise can get you there. Uh, recent DLF trade for him, Hopkins for a 23 third and a 24 second. If you're a competing team and those are looking like back end picks for you anyway, mm-hmm. I think that's a smash play. I mean, I don't really like using the whole you have an extra year to get that second round pick back and a third is kind of whatever anyway. But the question then becomes can you get a better uh, or better or a younger wide receiver for that same cost? The answer is probably, but not everyone is going to be that attainable. And the thing with him is the second he's back on the field, I mean, week seven, hey, DeAndre Hopkins is activated. The cost goes up. Say your season didn't go the way you thought. You could probably flip him for a similar, if not better value before your trade deadline, especially if he starts heating up. So it's kind of one of those guys you have some flexibility with later, as unless he just completely dies and lays an egg. You know, that's obviously a possibility. But in that offense was definitely a reliable piece for the most part when he wasn't hurt last year. So I like DeAndre Hopkins for this pick here for my older wide receiver pick. All right. So I love that. And uh, now let's move on. And the last one is me. And, you know, it's kind of somebody I've been pumping up a little bit. And it's Jarvis Landry. Um, Reports that I'm hearing out of New Orleans camp is he's connecting really well down there looking good on the field which hey good for you Jarvis I was like Jarvis Landry I feel like he's a guy that gets kind of overlooked he's just a really solid player and sometimes you just need a really solid player to fill out your roster why does he have a 71 I mean you, you want value there you go wide receiver 71 um, a savvy vet with an uncertain wide receiver room as much as we like Chris Olave he is still a rookie he has never played an NFL game there's a lot of uncertainty there. Michael Thomas is an unknown in a head case. And the rest of these guys are also, you know, there are a lot of question marks. We like Traquan Smith. Uh, what was that? Marquez Callaway that you were a fan of, Nate. But again, none of these guys have ever really put anything together that makes me think that they could be reliable fantasy assets. And I'll tell you what, if Jarvis Landry is a one or two or three year rental, the price that you're paying to get him, which I guarantee is pennies, Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Give me all the Jarvis Landry that I can get. You know, since that was quick, can we just talk about this just real quick? Can we talk about this trade that I did? Yeah, I bet. We're going to. I don't know why I'm asking. I'm the host. Um, okay. Sorry. Sleeper, sleeper's like, I'm just going to update you now. All right. So this is a trade that I was offered. I did not edit it in any way. He wanted my Pat Fryermuth. And he offered me. A 2023 third, $2 in fab, and George Kittle. 
Yeah. Guess you got George Kittle. I took it. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy about that. You know what That's I mean? That's the economy it's, these days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to get my first George Kittle share, and it cost me Pat Fairmuth, but that's okay. I'm fine with that. I mean, we did did the game show last night at Jeopardy, and George Kittle was actually the fourth tight end last season in points. And to me, I did not think he was fourth overall last season. It seemed like he was never playing it, it felt like. It did, didn't it? So now, I mean, you're getting a guy that he's getting a QB change most likely. So that's that's a little tough to predict. But I mean, he's he's produced almost every single season that he's played. Every game, he can be a guy that one catch and that could seal the deal for you in a in a game. I yeah. mean, I still have Dallas Goddard, and I also have um, yeah. easy Tunyon and Brevin Jordan. The big key is the fab. I mean, what are you going to do with that $2 fab is the yeah, real thing boy. I need to know. Go what? buy another roster clogger. <laughs> I might. Go re-pick up on Michael Piran. You can afford it now. Um, let me see. I don't know if I dropped the Michael Piran. It was a $0 pickup to begin with. So. <laughs> I do have Cleo Herbert. That's not true, Bob. It was a, it was a second-round pick for Mike. I uh, once traded for Jace Sternberger too. So um, I'll tell you what, why don't we go ahead and we do some commercials that we have re-recorded. So um, are they fire. They are fire. And they're not sus. Bob, could you play the commercials, please? Do you still want to draft, but don't want to join yet another dynasty startup? If so, it's time to check out our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy provides all the fun of drafting without all the in-season management. Just draft and Underdog will set the lineup for you. Join us on Underdog Fantasy by using our promo code RewindEd when you make your first deposit and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. You deposit 100, you get 100. Boom. The link is in the description. We'll see you there. Are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty? A way to go even deeper than drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap and navigating player contracts. Build your Dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. It's time to own your Dynasty at DynastyOwner.com. Let them know the Dynasty Rewind sent you by using the promo code Rewind and get $20 off at sign up. The link will be in the description. Looking to enjoy your favorite live events at a great price? It's time to check out our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the leading mobile-focused ticket platform that enables fans to buy and sell tickets for live events with ease. They do all the hard work for you, analyzing thousands of ticket listings and presenting the results using SeatGeek's deal score system and rate all the best deals in one place. Creating an account takes seconds, and when you use promo code DynastyRewind, you get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Sign up today and enjoy an event tomorrow. Want some Dynasty Rewind swag? Visit VeridianGlobal.com, the only official merchandise company of the Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you use promo code Rewinder at checkout for 10% off all Dynasty Rewind merch. Thanks, everybody. That was quite fire, was it not? The, the graphic was fire. Was. That's all I know. It was fire. Our mascots, our commercial mascots. Bob, for the people that don't know, can you tell us who the mascots were? The mascots were LaMichael P. Ryan, Kylan Hill, Hill. and Kenny Yaboa. Wow. I feel feel really fucking targeted. (laughs) As you should. Can can we have uh, Jay Sternberger sliding across the screen next time, too? (laughs) I I can work on that. Is there... Guys out there, you know, hit hit me up, tag me on Twitter. Are there any other shitty players that I've talked about constantly that you want Bob to put on the graphic? Because I'm sure he could squeeze a couple. Quintus Cephas, probably. He's still on a roster somewhere. Yeah, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. Hey, there's some there's some Bryson camp hype about Quintus. Oh no, there's not. That he runs fast. Congrats. That's impressive. Have have we talked about his blocking? <laughs> he is Nobody one of the best run blockers blocking. out there, Bob. Thank you, Nate. Thank care. you. So are we are we trying to grab Cephas before he goes famous on Hard Knocks, or what are we doing? Oh here? my gosh! Yeah, Chad, we made Quintus Cephas famous. Come on now. Uh, hey, we really did. That was a good episode. A lot of diseases were talked about that day. You know, I just feel like you know it was just one of those things. We did a mock draft, and then we saw his ADP was skyrocketing for whatever reason. I feel like we were kind of one of the only podcasts to talk about Quintus Cephas. There's and, a reason. Yeah, <laughs> okay you know what bob you know what you are bob have you ever tried putting on socks when your feet are wet that's what you are 
<laughs> oh my i'm a realist I, mike i'm a realist i understand that some of these guys aren't necessarily always worth talking about but it's always worth at least giving these guys a thought like it helps refine your process and find guys like hey look i looked at this guy and he sucked but i also found this other guy who's coming out in two years hashtag devi and you're gonna like you're gonna like these guys so it's always bob's just mad process. because he has no idea who uh pete the jet guerrero is <laughs> Oh, Pete Guerrero, what a guy. Out of Monmouth. Woo! No, I'm just, I, that I totally I totally agree diving into prospects that aren't that talked about, but and giving them a thought, but then just letting them go once <laughs> the NFL's told us what they think. We see what happens. I don't know. Hey, we were like this close to Pete being the James Robinson. <laughs> but it just happened to be James Robinson instead, you know. I have a hard time letting go of my guys. Uh, and there are some sleepers that I refuse to quit on as well. So let's get into that. And those are some running back sleepers. Hey, look, it's always important. And again, these are guys that they're not going to be the most popular guys. And I know we always look for a bell cow, but please keep in mind that that's really not how the NFL operates today. It's going to a two back system. You're going to have to sometimes say, do I want one A or one B? And that's just how it's going to have to go. I'm going to go with Buffalo's one A and that's Devin Singletary. So it's running back 35. Okay. And as we've been told, he's running with the first team. James Cook is number two. And he was overdrafted. So as of to date, no running back competition has been able to steal a solid role from Devin Singletary. It's like they keep trying to replace this guy. No one's taking the reins. Um, in 2021, tell me you could do better for a flex play at running back. 870 yards, seven touchdowns. It's on the ground. 228 yards and one touchdown through the air. So we're talking over a thousand scrimmage yards. Just give me, give me Devin Singletary as a flex play and look at what's behind him. Okay. After Singletary and James Cook, that's the one and two on our lads. Love you, our lads. You could sponsor me if you want. Um, they got, and it, this is the order that it is Duke Johnson, Zach Moss is their RB4, mm. even though he was the running back one when he came out. I was told. Taiwan Jones and Raheem Blackshear out of Virginia Tech. And by the way, if Raheem Blackshear went to a different place, um, he's kind of like a Devin Singletary, the way he plays. Better receiver than runner. Um, although Devin Singletary used more as a runner than a receiver. But nonetheless, uh, Raheem Blackshear, if you have like a really, 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 really deep league, really deep, um, yeah, you can go ahead and pick him up. He might cost you like half a fab dollar. So Devin Singletary is my running back sleeper. Um, I have him in a lot of spots because I got him late in drafts, and I refuse to let him go, and I'm happy to have him. He's a good flex play and a player that I like. So, um, Chev, I was surprised. Again, you're surprising me all over the place today. Uh, you're running back sleeper. Why don't you tell us who you got? Yeah, so I feel like a lot of guys we've talked about that are sleepers so far, and I just wanted to pick somebody that, you know, could have a, a possibility of doing a little bit more than they did last season. And they didn't do bad when they were used, but just finding the field was tough for uh, Kenneth Gainwell. He When he was on the field, when he was playing, he got 50% snaps. And, I mean, he put up good yards. I mean, 4.4, I think, yards per carry, not terrible. But the receptions, I think, is what caught my eye the most. I mean, we've seen plenty of guys, Naheem Hines, be very successful just PPR-wise. And we haven't seen Miles Sanders really just stay healthy and be used appropriately. So I think Kenneth Gainwell is a guy who you can literally get for a third or fourth round pick. And I think his value is going to go up in this offense that should be a little bit more explosive, a little bit more on the field as well. So I, I think Kenneth Gainwell is somebody that, you know, he's probably not going to get you a huge rushing upside. It's probably just never going to happen. But Catching passes is something that I think he can succeed in the NFL. And I think there could be opportunity if Miles Sanders continues to not stay on the field. And I think third down wise, I think Kenneth Gainwell is a guy that they could throw out there a good amount this upcoming season. I just need to see him get on the field. If he's able to get on the field, I think he's going to produce a good amount. But to give up a third or fourth round pick for a guy that could have a pretty decent role in a somewhat Pretty productive offense, it looks like it's going to be. I think that's something I'm willing to take the chance on. I mean, we're just, like we talked about, there's not many third or fourth round picks that really pan out. So if you get a guy like Kenneth Gainwell who 
has a little bit of opportunity and just needs one really, I feel like, good game to put himself above others, I think he is a guy that can do so. So Kenneth Gainwell is a guy that a lot of people are probably sleeping on. Probably somebody you can probably get super cheap for, for just a throw-in in a trade. Uh, I like his upside moving forward. He's running back 45 on DLF too, so he's not going to cost you a lot of money. No. Fun fact, I met Kenneth Gainwell. Um, he looks like he's in junior high, yet there was a – he's very, very small. But I did see a play last year where they actually, for whatever reason, ran him at the goal line. He stood a linebacker right up. I mean, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's not what I was expecting. Um, so, Chev, love the game well pick. I'm surprised to see an eagle on here when we're talking about running backs. Usually those two don't go hand in hand. Um, Nate. He is supposed to be the running back one. He was a couple years ago. How could he be a running back sleeper? Please explain your selection. Yeah, you know, talking about not letting go. I'm not letting go yet of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think there's still talent there, and I still believe that he's the running back one for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Looking at the stats, you know, when he was healthy last year, he was the running back one for the Chiefs. And in games where he was healthy and saw at least 10 attempts on the ground, he was averaging just over like 12 fantasy points per game. Not great. Not going to, you know, knock your socks off. But that comes out to be like RB20 on a points per game basis in PPR. And I think, you know, he was dealing with injuries in and out of the season. So he was never really 100% after the first couple of games. So all they did was sign Jarek McKinnon, and uh, brought in Ronald Jones. I don't think either one of those guys are much competition. I think Clyde is still the RB1 there. And, you know, when you can get him for like the price of an RB3 right now, you know, he's RB26 on DLF. And I think people are continuing to sour on him. You know, Jarek McKinnon just signed like last week. So, you know, but he's probably still trending downwards. Uh, people have just been so hurt and disappointed by the expectations for Clyde Edwards Hilaire that I think we've overcompensated in the market. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy at this point that's going to, you know, give you consistent RB one numbers, but I would be more than happy having him as my RB three. And I would be okay having him as my RB two um, a, a lot of weeks, because I think he's going to give you upside with the Kansas city chiefs offense that now has lost Tyree kill. So there's more targets to go around. And I think Tyree kill is going to be replaced by a group of people, not by any single player. I don't think Juju or Sky Moore or MVS are going to be a one-for-one one for Tyree Kill. So all those targets in production, it's going to go go around everyone. And I think Clyde gets a little bit of that as well. <clears throat> because, you know, that's something that we've seen with the Chiefs is that it seems like they haven't really utilized Clyde correctly. You know, this is a guy that you should be having run routes out of the backfield, be using uh, pretty often. You know, he's a decent runner, but, you know, where he – really showed off his chops was in the receiving game. They haven't really used him uh, in the receiving game like they should. So now that Tyreek Hill is out of there, this is kind of their opportunity to really give him the opportunity to show off that receiving ability. And I think he still has it. I think he just needs to get his confidence back and stay healthy. So this is a guy I'm willing to take a chance on. Um, Look, he's not, like I said, he doesn't have the upside of the other guys. But if you're looking for like a running back flex play, you can do a lot worse than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yep. I agree. And I love it. Buying the value dip. He's only start. going into his third year. Kind of like Josh Jacobs a little bit, though, right? We all saw Josh Jacobs as yep. being somebody that catches pass out the backfield and just hasn't come to fruition until last year when we saw him used pretty, pretty heavily in that offense. So this mm-hmm. could be the year that that happens for him. Yeah, people are going to look at like the snap counts for Clyde after he came back from his injury. Number one came back from his injury. He was never really hundred percent, but like, so there's a game against the Raiders where he had 35% snap, uh, snap share. Well, it's because the chiefs won 48 to nine. I'm not going to put Clyde Edwards, Hilaire out there up 40 points in the, in the fourth quarter. And then the last game he played was against Pittsburgh, 30% snap share. That's because they beat Pittsburgh 36 to 10. You know, the chiefs offense is going to blow people out. And in that opportunity, if that happens, you're hoping that, Clyde's going to make that production in the first half because they're going to pull their starters a couple games. Yeah, good point. All right, so the former running back one um, is now off the board. 
Remember, he is the running back one over Jonathan Taylor. And Bob, who do you have as a running back sleeper? I feel like this is a guy that you've kind of been pounding the drum on for a little while. Am I correct in that? I think Nate has. I don't think I've gotten to talk about him at all yet. I love me. James. Nope. It's okay. No worries. All right. Well, Bob, why don't you go ahead and take it away here? So I've actually been recently pounding the table for his backfield mate, Travis Etienne. But today I'm talking about James Robinson. Currently the RB 43 on keep trade cut, the RB 40 on DLF's June ADP. Going behind guys like Ramondre Stevenson, Tyler Algier, Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, who I actually really like. I'm kind of fine with that to a degree. Damian Pierce and Kareem Hunt. All guys. The big difference here with James Robinson is he's actually been an RB1. Now I know he's coming off an Achilles. He's no longer the RB1 in his own backfield, but he is going to be a free agent after this year. And I think the most likely scenario is that he probably has to sign a prove-it deal because I don't think he's going to get mm-hmm. back on the field by at 100% level until probably about week eight at the earliest. You know, Achilles are just, they're better, but they're still fickle beasts in terms of how players are going to bounce back and things like that. Currently valued between a late 23 second, early 23 third. I think that's about right. Looking at some recent DLF trades, Robinson for a 23 third, Robinson for OBJ, free money there. You can get um, J-Rob for a 23 third. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, did you see that Robinson. news today that he could he's going to be playing in training camp? Yeah. Wow. I did. I did. That's I did. a good point. And now because it's going to go up. Yeah. And then I did see three trades of James Robinson for a 23 second. Now, if that's a later second, obviously more ideal than an early second because of what we think that class is going to look like. But Mm -hmm. I still think he's going to be the guy that is getting the bulk of the running workload. I think Travis Etienne is going to get a lot of the receiving workload and kind of cancel each other out from possibly being running back ones unless, you know, this this could be, and, and Sean and I talked about it last year actually, is that this could be kind of a New Orleans Saints light backfield between Mark Ingram, what Mark Ingram was and what Alvin Kamara was. Mm-hmm. Obviously not the same players, but I think we could see something to that effect, um, especially with Doug Peterson there, who, Mike, you know, likes to use running backs a little differently and use them both to almost frustrating levels for fantasy. But at this point, it's definitely kind of a time capsule move. You're kind of not really expecting. Maybe you get something this year out of him where it's, hey, you might have a running back that puts you in contendership, but you might also have a guy that, hey, he's fine, but next year – could be on a new team if he's able to show out well enough and gets interest from other teams. Although at some point we're going to be discussing what the running back landscape is going to look like next year. But for the value you can get him at, especially over guys like that, Ramondre Stevenson especially was the one that stuck out to me the most. Mm-hmm. And those are the rookie running backs that have fourth round draft capital and a third round draft capital cream hunt on the tail end of a deal might not even be on the Browns might be a free agent sometime soon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with James Robinson, a guy who's already done it, and I know past production does not always equate to future production, but when you're comparing it like that, I just got to side with a guy like James Robinson. All right. So Bobcat is taking a chance on James Robinson as a sleeper. Let's go to my last guy here, and that is uh, Marlon Mack. Did see a sleeper report that the Texans could lean on him heavily to start the season. And then a little bit later, you know, Damian Pierce could be the guy later on in the season. But look, there's a good possibility that Marlon Mack takes the job and doesn't let it go. We've seen that happen before. He's running back 56. DLF's June ADP. I do need to correct myself from before. Devin Singletary's ADP is 30, 36, not 35. So even better. Um, you know, looking at Marlon Mack. He hasn't done much in a couple of years. He had an Achilles tear in two in 2020. That was in week one of the season. And then last year, you know, if, if you're a big stack guy, an analytics guy, you're like, well, Mike, he only carried the ball 28 times for 101 yards, and he had two catches for eight yards. Yeah, well, you know what, dude? It's because Jonathan Taylor carried the fucking ball 332 <laughs> times, okay? And he's the best running back in football. With all due respect to Marlon Mack, who is a far better running back than I am, Jonathan Taylor is way better than you. Do you know who the second leading rusher as far as attempts was on the Colts last year? Carson Wentz with 57 carries. Naheem Hines had 56. So, look, the fact that 
Marlon Mack got 28 carries. He should be considered himself lucky. And Deion Jackson had 13 rushes. He was next. So, yeah, there just wasn't any room for him. I thought it was odd that they brought him back, but he's healthy. He's healthy. He can play. The Texans have much bigger and more pressing needs than running back. And I think Marlon Mack could be a guy where, okay, if they're leaning on him early and he comes out and he has a couple good games, you move him. Or there's a situation, too, where I know everybody's always really anxious to make a move. There's a situation where if you got him so cheap, just keep him because you never know what could happen. Damian Pierce is a rookie. Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead, so you never know what's going to happen there. He had a few good weeks. Hold on. No Rex Burkhead slander. Here. Yeah, I don't know what that was. No Kenny Yaboa slander. <laughs> oh, you forgot to put uh, Bryson Hopkins on the... I mentioned it. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. So, yeah, buy yourself some Marlon Mack. You know, he's he's practically free. Um, nobody wants Marlon Mack. Nobody likes Marlon Mack. But just one thing to keep in mind before I close it out, Marlon Mack does have a 1,000-yard season under his belt. And his second-best season was 908 yards, and I think that's when he was sharing a backfield with Frank Gore. So it's just important to note that Marlon Mack can get the job done. He's a serviceable running back. He's nothing fancy. He's nothing splashy. But I love me some Marlon Mack. Bob. That was fun. Yes. Jacob Eason. Ooh, yeah, I'll get him on there. Are you guys having fun with this? Just a little bag thing out. <laughs> He's going to have a whole background. It's going to be awesome. Jeff, but, make sure you think of some guys to throw under the mic bus then, too. Dude, so I'll, I'll, see what, I'll see what I can come up with. But is Bill Belichick still running the Patriots offense? Did, did I miss any news of them? Finding somebody to run that thing wasn't it? Wasn't it going to be um, uh, Patricia? Wasn't he going to take over offensive oh, duties? Shouldn't he? Oh, aren't those? Yeah, he's a he's guys? a defensive coach. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty confident that it's okay. Going to do it one time. The Eagles fired Sean McDermott as their defensive coordinator, and then they made their offensive line coach their defensive coordinator, and that worked out really well. Oh wait, no, Andy Reid got fired then. Never mind. So yeah, this should work out great. Go Bill. Sheesh. Yeah. Sorry, Sean. They just fired the scapegoat. Sean. Yes. So, all right. Well, listen, that was a really fire um, podcast or whatever it's called. Sorry, I'm still a little loopy today. Got the single dad life going on. My wife's in Florida. Um, so, yeah, that's great. Does anyone else have anything else to add before we head out? Happy Father's Day. Your life go- your wife goes on vacation. What the heck is that? Yeah, how about it? She also took a nap on Father's Day because she was exhausted. It's like it must be rough. Wow. That's She's living with your ego, I could get it. <laughs> Anthony, if you're listening, I need a graphic made of about Bob being like putting on socks when you have wet feet. I'm gonna text him there. He likes doing that stuff for me. So all right, until next time, everybody. Um, for Nate, Chev, Bobcat, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Take me out of here, Bob. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.